and welcome to the strangest gig I've ever played. True tales from the studio and the stage. I'm your host, Chris J. Norwood. This is part two of our conversation with the great Matt the Cat Hillier, lead singer and songwriter for the classic country and honky-tonk band out of Dallas, 1100 Springs. If you haven't heard part one of our conversation yet, you can do that now wherever you get your podcasts. Matt had so many great stories that we had to split it up into two parts. And so without further ado, let's get back into it. Here's Matt Hillier. So 1100 Spring, I mean, were y'all, were y'all road dogging it? I mean, were y'all doing- We traveled a lot. 50 dates a year or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say, you know, probably over 150 a year at, at you know, when, when we were really hitting it, you yeah. know, um, probably more than that. Yeah. Um, but we traveled all over the country and, uh, and, and prior to 1100 Springs, the hardest road situations that Steve and I ever had were with, uh, the band's Lone Star Trio and Strap. Yeah. And, uh, those, you know, you want to hear a story, man. Some of the, like the first, the first quote unquote tour we ever took with Lone Star Trio was like a month and a half. And it would take a really long time to, to get into the ins and outs of it but it was just it's just like a, a guide to what not to do you yeah know? how like, so well first of all we needed a vehicle to go on tour in so we was it like a support so like were y'all playing support to somebody else or y'all no we had our own dates uh-huh. jim the reverend horton heat when i was a senior in high school pulled me to the side and said hey there's this club in southern california yeah and I told the gal who owns the place about you. She'll give you a gig. Uh, call her up, and you know. So that was it. that was the only point of reference we had. Yeah. You know. So I called her, and she did. And we built our whole quote unquote tour around that. Yeah. And then there were other people that we knew in the rockabilly world that got us other gigs once we got to California. But yeah. everything before that was just ridiculously not thought out at all yeah we had no point of reference for how to we had an agent at the time quote unquote agent who was supposedly booking gigs for us but probably really just taking deposits and you know you know yeah disappearing um so were you just calling up you know looking up whatever venue in phoenix and calling it up sort of yeah i mean our like i say our agent was doing some of that i did some calling um, but I mean, you know, you, you talk to other musicians, yeah, you kind of knew the places to play, the places to play. Um, and so, you know, we did El Paso, we did Santa Fe, uh, we did Albuquerque, we did two, you know, Phoenix. And, um, and the first thing, like I said, was we we're going to, we needed a tour vehicle. So we went and we'd heard about <laughs> a friend of ours knew <laughs> somebody who had a mid-size 82 Malibu classic station wagon. Okay. And we, it was in Denton and we went out to see it and it didn't start or run or anything yeah. like that. We open up the hood and it's just leaves uh, underneath the hood <laughs> and they wanted $400 for it. And okay. we said, we'll take it. Yeah. Which we was the, the, yeah. Well, we, Steve could, and you know, like he got a job at Western auto 
so that he could steal the parts necessary to make it run and to make it roadworthy. <laughs> so he got the job specifically. So yeah, he could I steal mean, he parts. had worked there before. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he can work on cars. He had worked there before, so it wasn't hard for him to get a job yeah. there again. But, but he, he didn't do it because he needed the money. He did no, it he I mean, the you know, parts. money's <laughs> nice. But yeah, he was fixing that thing up. But like, so the band's got three people in it. We took a friend of ours, Andy, with us to help with the drive, driving and selling merch and stuff. But in order to fit everybody and all the gear into this midsize station yeah. wagon, we had to take everything from the front seat back yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, everything. Seats, everything. Everything. Yeah plastic it was only bare metal from the front seats back <laughs> that was it and there was no so there's no seats we we took uh couch cushions from my mom and dad's old couch and we would sit on that and so and then you'd be leaning up against like the base cabinet and the, yeah. the upright base neck is going over your sh- shoulder <laughs> we had a car top box that we yeah. put on top for a lot of the stuff it was and the back windows didn't roll down it wasn't even an option. Yeah. And um, did the AC work? The AC did not work. <laughs> of course. Um, and neither did the windshield wipers. We tried, that was the last thing we tried to fix before leaving town for like a month and a half. Yeah. And um, we couldn't get that fixed. So we tied speaker wire to the windshield wipers, you know, with the idea that if it starts raining, you just start pull, pulling this <laughs> pull wire. And You'd it, roll it, the side windows and down. It and it did. Then... The very first day it started raining. We ro- we drove into it like a deluge. And um, the wire broke. And we had to stop at like Napa Auto Parts and get actual rope. Yeah. But now keep in mind the idea behind that. Because like if you're driving along pulling this rope. Yeah. The windows have to be open. Yeah. So you're getting drenched. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it was a, like a month and a half like that. And like I say, the, the, the story in and of itself, like of that first trip, is is long. Because it just was like one thing after the next. Yeah. Of just, just being destitute. Just doing it the wrong way. Doing it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And finding yourself in situations... By, so the, you... by the time we got to California, you know, like, um, and this is a funny thing about gigs that this is another gig where you're just sitting there going, what, why, <laughs> why, why did they need a band here at yeah. all? Who thought that it would be a good idea to have music at sure. this event? And why us? Well, because when you're done with chickens, you got to have live music. Okay, so but by the time we got to California, we didn't go to Southern California where our friends were first. We 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 our first stop was in Santa Barbara in California. I was 18, and mm-hmm. California had a pretty strict no underage policy. So yeah. I had to sit in the car uh, by myself while the guys would go inside and yeah. eat pizza and drink beer. And, <laughs> We played at the, the first gig we played in California was at this bar and and uh, I'm outside in the station wagon where I spent so much time um, and they said okay well you can when it's time to play you just go in and you walk right on stage and do your thing play and get off yeah um, so I did that and I realized that the gig that we're playing was a uh, was a ping pong tournament. <laughs> 
Yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah it's a ping pong tournament. They couldn't have cared. And the people in the bar could not have cared less that anybody was on stage yeah. at all. But what I'm looking at right in front of me is this guy's ass hopping around, <laughs> hitting this ping pong ball. And we, did, we were supposed to play like three sets. We did one set and just bailed. Yeah. Because, you know, we weren't really going to get any money off it, this yeah. situation. And we... We decided we'd just bail on the gig, drive to Southern California. Hopefully, our friend would let us stay with her, even though we sh- showed up a night early. We slept on the PCH in the car. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm sleeping in that car. Uh, what a what a nightmare. On a, on a couch cushion? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the, you, can't, you can't understand exactly how just you know, uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. That whole situation was for hours on end, anyways. You yeah. know, like, but then just to sleep there, uh, <laughs> on the side of the road, the windows don't roll down. Like, so were y'all making m- much money at these no, gigs? Or, no, yeah. not. No, I mean, enough to maybe no. get to the next town, or maybe. Yeah. No, I mean, not really. I mean, I think I, my dad had a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if I'm telling the truth, I mean, we might not have gotten into that credit card until, like, maybe two trips down the road. But uh, but eventually, there's no getting around it. Like, and we wound up paying them back for everything. But um, And your parents were, like, what did they think about you at 18? Well, they already knew... That are I had already been playing professionally since you know thirteen. Yeah. Um. You know, that's the thing. We would go on the road, and I would call home, um, just to check in. And you know how it is when you yeah. talk to when you check in. It's just like you don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, you know, like you don't want to talk. It was just drive my mom crazy because I'd go on all these trips and I'd come back home. She's like, "How was the road? Tell me about your trip." I was like, "Yeah, it was all right." <laughs> yeah, I should drive her nuts. Uh, but I, you know, when you go through all that, you don't. It's too much to to tell. Yeah, it's really too much to tell until it would drive. What really drove her nuts is that I would start telling stories about these trips. Yeah. When other people would come around, yeah, <laughs> you know, like when when we I'd be having conversations with other music friends and talk about, oh man, remember that one time this happened? And yeah, she's yeah. like, you never told me that. It's like, well, I didn't feel like talking about it. Yeah, you know, and that's you know, I mean, because it's mom and she wouldn't understand or just teenage. I think thing. it's just it's a lot to remember. Yeah, I mean, even now as I talk about it, like if I go stream of consciousness and I go from connect the dots from one thing to the next. Then I can sort of remember what happened. But if yeah. I'm sitting around thinking about it, it it all runs together. So at know? the time, were you having the time of your life, or yes, and yes, no? yes, yeah. and no? Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's fun to to go and uh, be with your buddies. It's like yeah. being at camp. Yeah. But on that particular trip, there were a lot of moments. You could always find fun even when it was bad. Yeah, that's good. You know, you could you would always laugh about stuff, but there were plenty of like days and weeks really that stretched into situations going, what are we going to do today yeah. for food? Right. What what are we going to do there? Where are we going to sleep tonight? What was And your... that stretched into years really because yeah. like it wasn't like that lifestyle stopped whenever um that trip was over. That was right. just it. Like we never, for two or three years, most of the time we never had a hotel. Yeah. You know, somebody would have to maybe be nice to one of the 
door girls. Yeah. And, and hope for that, that we could all sleep on her floor. Yeah. You know? Um, so, or we'd sleep in a roadside park. Yeah. And like a Walmart parking lot or something like that. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, all of that stuff. And, uh, that aspect of it can, can, can get to where, no, that's not fun. Yeah. And you wake up and it's cold, like really, really cold. Yeah. That's just not something something you ever forget, you know. And you can't. It's just hard. You can go into old McDonald's and your teeth are chattering, and you. you it's hard to warm up, yeah. you know. Like, and that's what. That's the life you've chosen for yourself, because <laughs> there's no money. Yeah, you know. Um, but the the flip side of the story, if we'd have kept going with that particular band, we was things were starting to happen. Yeah, word words was were getting out. We were getting press and. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We decided to just break that band up, not do that anymore. <laughs> do something completely different. Why break up? Just it was Lone Star Trio, and we yeah. uh, we because it was just it got to be sort of it didn't make a lot of sense to us musically. Yeah, because. It, we were getting so loud that you couldn't hear the upright bass and you couldn't hear the vocals. And to be a rockabilly band like that, it's we were sort of chasing after what Reverend Horton Heat was doing. Right. And also, you know, there's already one of those guys. Yeah. And he's the best at it. Yeah. And no one's going to touch him. Yeah. And it's not that the the band could have done fine. We could, we, you know, we just... And also, I think a lot of people, even though things were happening... There were just a lot of like sort of record. Our friends were getting signed to record deals when yeah. we weren't, and like a lot of people were take, take, taking a little sort of wait and see attitude. Uh-huh. And they didn't want to take a chance on a rockabilly band, even though we were selling tickets, yeah, and doing well and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. They're just like, well, we'll just wait and see. It's like we don't have time for wait and see. Yeah. So we kind of decided, well, maybe we'd be better off as a rock and roll band. We're already loud. Yeah. You know? Just add another guitar and just, switch to electric bass. Well, and... for we were a power trio for for a pretty long time. Sort of with the idea of like something like ZZ Top. Yeah. You know? Uh, it was different than that, but... It, but yeah, yeah, that trio thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't know. It's... Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean, know? it's hard keeping a band together. Even like... The the fact that eleven hundred springs did it for so long that's uh-huh. that's incredible. Well, and we could have kept doing it forever because it's Texas and it's country music, and there's always right. going to be a gig for you, and there's always yeah. those, those diehard fans that are going to stick with you forever, and um, they're going to buy everything you put out. Yeah, forever. Um, but I think that like when it came time to make that decision not to do it anymore. I think it was just one of those things where during the pandemic it gave, I know it gave Steve some time to just really, you know, like everybody else in the world, reevaluate where he was in life, where he wanted to be and uh, traveling around um, in a band wasn't necessarily what he wanted to do. And I didn't really want to do it without him. And the truth be told, like, um, I'm. I've been having a lot of fun doing these songwriter gigs. That's I great. like. I like telling the stories. I like um, having a different kind of conversation with the audience. Yeah. I like the freedom that it allows me to just do whatever I want to do. Write whatever kind of song I want to write. Um, 
All of that stuff. You thinking about doing any full band dates for the new album? I am doing a band show coming up uh, pretty soon. I have two band shows on the books, and it's weird because I, you know, I haven't played with these guys yet. Yeah. I mean, I I played with one of them. Chad Roofer's going to play bass on 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 one of these shows, anyways. Um. And and so he played guitar with Eleven Hundred. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's a little weird. I do think about just doing some band stuff because yeah. I think there are such situations that could call for it, and some people keep want to see that. Yeah. And sometimes I I like I like that too. But I really, really, ultimately, I still just really enjoy getting up there, doing the songwriter thing. Yeah, by myself. That's cool. And I like trying to stretch it and see what I can get away with, just me and an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Um. So. That's that's kind of my target. I, I know so many friends that they're making their career that way. They're yeah. traveling all over the country in all these listening rooms, just them and an acoustic guitar and their songs. Yeah, and they're they're make, they're doing it. You know, makes the traveling easier. It does make it easier. I think if I if I had to settle on a band of any kind that I would do on a regular basis, I think it'd be probably be something like an acoustic trio. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I really, I love and hate being alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same I, way. There's part of it, being by myself, that I really, really love. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, another part where it's just like, when it comes to just being out there, just driving by myself, I love and I hate that. Yeah. You know? It's meditative, and that's good. It's great for the first couple of shows, but after a week. Yeah. It's, you know... It's 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 that's a little confusing. Yeah. But um I don't know. Ultimately, I I've been in a ba- I've been in a band mostly for about 30 years. Yeah. It's it's kind of nice not to be in one for a minute. Yeah. Um Yeah, there is a freedom to uh to when you have played in a band so long to just be up there by yourself and yeah. take a song wherever you want to take it. Sure. Musically, that's cool. The the other part is that like when when you're sort of the one of the honchos of a a band that you know one of the people who's the decision maker mm-hmm. uh, for a group of guys uh, there's a just a stress and anxiety that goes along with that because you you want to ma- want everything to go smoothly and you want everybody to be happy right so that everybody can have a good show and have a good time on the road but it just doesn't work that way a sure. lot of times and uh, you know you can't you can't relay that to your players yeah. every single time, just being able to say, you have no idea what it took just to get to this spot so we could do this show. <laughs> I'm sorry, the hotel's not up to your standards. Yeah. You know? It's not the roadside park. Yeah. You know? Uh, you could be sleeping on a couch cushion in the back right. of a station wagon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so... Um, I don't miss that part of it. I miss the camaraderie and I miss my, my guys. I love them. Uh, and, uh, I, I do miss that part of it, but I don't, I don't miss the sort of anxiety that goes along with hoping everything's going to work yeah. out, you know, and do and doing everything you can for it to work out. And I think we, Steve, especially, uh, historically has done a pretty great job of dotting I's and crossing T's. Yeah. Uh, for, for stuff like that to make sure that it, things are smooth. Nobody ever had to wait to get paid from yeah. us. Um, 
Not really. Not typically. Typically, we're we're right on the the money. No pun intended. Yeah. Um, like little details over time. You know, maybe it took us a while to figure out certain things. Sure. But like by the time we were done, it was a pretty well oiled machine for whatever for yeah. whatever it was. And that's not something that could be said by about a lot oh, of gigs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's just a, musicians typically don't. They don't get into the music business so they can uh, deal with the minutiae. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, but we, I don't know. We took pretty good care about, about stuff like that. I don't, I don't miss that anxiety though of worrying about it. Like if, if with, with what I'm doing now, it's like uh, if something goes sideways, I only have myself to blame. Yeah. And I, you know. Well, I'm and pretty, it's easier to pivot. I've gotten like pretty good you. at forgiving myself too. <laughs> That's good. You know. If I want to sleep on somebody's couch, my prerogative. Yeah. I'm easy going like that. I I don't, you know, I don't I don't sweat it too much. Yeah. Um so that part is is uh is a welcome change. That's great. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So tell me now, um, I like to ask this question. Tell me about now about your, your dream gig, you know, whether that's venue, you know, playing with somebody, what, what would, what would your dream gig be or, or have you already played it? I some version of it. I think I've probably played. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can say that, you know, when, when I was, a, when I was younger and even still to this day, going to see a show at Starplex was a big deal, right? Yeah. You know, and watching people play on that stage and think, wow, man, wouldn't it be cool to play? I've played on that stage. Yeah. You know? That's uh, great. Of course, it was, that wasn't even with a dream gig. The dream gig to me, and why when I say that I've already, probably I've already played some version of it, it's not, you're you're right, it's not about the venue. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not about any specific venue. It's right. just like a... Uh, a situation where you're treated with respect. Yeah. A nice green room where there's good food, everything's running on time, mm-hmm. people are kind to you, sound goes well, all yeah. the details, everything that's supposed to fall in place for things to go right. Yeah. That's it. Those are the dream gigs. Yeah. And, and then, you-, you know, and then the other side of it is like, oh, I'd love to play at the Grand Ole Opry just to, 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 to have that milestone. Yeah. And I got friends that are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit there and think, Man, it's not out of the it's not out of the realm of possibility. It yeah. could happen. Um, I you know I don't know if it will or not, but uh, so that's a different ki- type of yeah. dream gig. Those are great, you know. Um, but you know, overall, it it feels really good when you're able to play a venue where you know you you got a good green room. Like I say, yeah. they, they, the 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 people at the venue treat you really well and make you feel respected and seen and heard and like a like an dare I say an artist right you know yeah that's not as often as you'd think yeah and you want to when you do get that it's like you want to turn to the rest of the crappy venues that you've played (laughs) and be like is it really that difficult yeah is it really that hard (laughs) all they did was be nice yeah you know that being said, I mean most people are nice, most people are cool, but it's just it's just when things go, you know, 
you you can remember when the first time it happens like yeah. when you when you're playing when you are just getting started and you're playing just a string of gnarly bar dates that sure. n- it's nowheresville no nobody wants to the people who own the place don't want to be there right. you know like uh and then you finally get to one spot where lo and behold they treat you like something they yeah. treat you like you know like a person. Yeah. You never forget that. Those are great. That's when, that's to, to me, that's the feeling that you, that you want. Absolutely. For every, for everything, for everybody to do their job to make everything go smooth. It just, it makes you want to do a better job yourself. Yeah. You know, that's great. Gives you a sense of peace and enjoyment to what, what you do. That's cool, man. Well, Matt, man, I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming in and just tell me these stories you'll probably have to cut it up into like two or three episodes i talk a lot two or three great episodes that'll be good cool yeah i appreciate you having me sorry it took so long to get here no man i'm glad we did it and um so you got some singles coming out in october i'm releasing one here in about a week i guess i don't you know i don't know how that works I know, I know we're talking about it and it's going to happen. Yeah, and it will be out, yeah. Uh huh, yeah. So then, how can people find out about you? MattHillier.com? That's right, MattHillier.com. It's, I finally got that web domain. That's great. I think I've figured out how to update it. Perfect. I, I'm learning uh, if I can just remember to do it. Um, no, it, yeah, MattHillier.com. You can find me on the old socials. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get my 13 year old daughter to teach me how to do TikTok. Perfect. Yeah. You can do some TikTok dances. I did. I did one. Because the good people at State Fair Records are trying to encourage me to post on my TikTok more regularly. And then they, they're like, see, you got to check out the trends like this one right here. I'm like, all right, shoot, I'll do it. Whatever. Why not? Yeah. yeah i give it a shot. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm an old man. What am I doing? You know? <laughs> So that's why I need my daughter to. That's right. You know, she can school me on what to do. That's great. And then at least I, I hopefully, at least I'll get something out of it from her in the sense that she, maybe she'll have fun laughing at me. So hey, that's that's it's worth its weight in gold, yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> Matt, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. There he goes, the great Matt the Cat Hillier. Y'all be sure to check out what he's got going on, MattHillier.com. Be on the lookout for his new solo album coming out next year. Again, my name is Chris J. Norwood. You've been listening to the Strangest Gig Podcast. If you've been enjoying these conversations, please tell your friends. Get the word out. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We've got some more really great guests lined up, and I can't wait for you to hear them. So until next time, if you're out there on the road playing a casino in Oklahoma for a live chicken, remember... Gig's a gig, right?